0: you could just like do it just a quick introduction Absolutely. about you and genuinely what you do generally
1: hi i'm jay i am the songwriter producer musician singer with street level uprising conscious american reggae band <laughs>
0: When did you start this band?
1: We started this band around 10 years ago. 2013, let's call it.
0: Why did you choose to start this band?
1: Well, I was playing in another band at the time that really wasn't doing anything, and I had a bunch of songs that I had been working on, and I decided to just go ahead and record them. So kind of recorded a little acoustic reggae folk album, a bunch of songs, and it was mostly built around acoustic guitar and vocals, but then I invited some friends to play some instruments on a few of the songs. So we added bass or drums or keyboards to a few of the tunes and then decided to release the album e- even before it was a band. And once the album came out, then I put a band together so that we could play live.
0: Why did you choose to make your band conscious? And what why did you choose reggae?
1: So reggae is my favorite style of music. And Throughout my time as a musician, I had always liked writing conscious music and I always liked playing reggae, but they were parts of what I did. The, the music was more eclectic early earlier in earlier bands, did different styles. Lyrically, we did a few different things. And it seemed like with every band I was in, I got more and more conscious and more and more reggae until I got to street level. And then it's kind of, Street levels mostly reggae. We have a few tunes where we do some, something different. But when I decided to start Street Level, I wanted it to be 100% conscious and mostly reggae. So that's that's why I did that.
0: Why is your favorite and least favorite song of yours and why?
1: Favorite is tough to say, especially because I'm, there's always a recency bias. Like Whatever you're working on or something that you've recently completed, that seems to be my favorite because it's, it's now, right? It's something recent. I'm like, oh, this is the best. And then sometimes you get a little farther down, the, lo- down the line and you realize, oh, uh, maybe that, that one's not as good as, as an early one. But I will say that a song that I keep coming back to, like for people who haven't heard our music and I in- introduce them to a song, I'll usually go to The Pendulum Swing, which is a song off of our second album, because I think that song really represents us well. So I don't know if I'd call it my favorite, but it's a good song for people to start with, so I usually go to that one. My least favorite is a song called Educated Fool, uh, which is on that same album. And I don't like that one because we never really found the right groove for the song. I like the lyrics, but we never found the right vibe for the music. And I, I just wasn't happy with how it turned out.
0: Do you think maybe in the future you'll take that song and take the lyrics and maybe change it up a bit, maybe make it a remix or an alternate version?
1: It's possible. It, you know, I've thought about that because it it irritates me that, you know, we've got three albums done and we're working on a fourth, and it's like the one song that really stands out to me as I wish it would have been different. So I do have that thing that makes me want to make it right, uh, but also since I'm constantly writing new songs, I, I wonder if I'm ever going to feel motivated enough to go back and do that.
0: Could you just talk a bit about the other members in the band and what... And like the instruments played?
1: Well, we've had a bunch of different versions of the band. You know, we started out as a quartet with one drummer who left the band after the second album. And then we got a new drummer, added a percussionist, added a trumpet player, added a sax player to where we were a seven piece. So we had, you know, bass, drums, guitar, keyboard, two horns and a percussionist. Then COVID kind of did what it did and 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 people's uh what people wanted to do with their lives kind of changed and at this point it's really uh down to me and our bass player and then sometimes uh, our drummer's still able to play with us when we play where he lives we also still have the hand percussionist but the other members quit and so it's kind of a fluid thing now we kind of use whoever we can wherever we can if we play a show a lot of times we'll use local musicians to kind of fill in the lineup. So as far as full-time members, there's really only a couple of us now.
0: Do you think that you'll get other permanent, more permanent members?
1: Absolutely. Down the line, I would love to. I think it's, I, for the most part now, it's a matter of money. It's a matter of, you know, the, the the bigger festivals and tours we're able to be on and the more money that comes in, the more I would be able to employ full-time musicians, you know, it it costs a lot of money to be out on the road and to take people away from their jobs or their families. So down the line, I would absolutely love to have a new seven-piece band that I would call Street Level 3.0, because it would be the kind of the third permanent incarnation. So I, I definitely like to do that.
0: What are you working on in terms of new music?
1: So I have, I have more than an album's worth of material that we've recorded, and then some newer songs. My plan right now is to start, instead of being album-based like the music business used to, I'm transitioning like everyone else to more of a singles-based thing, where we issue a single, like one single a month for several months, and then at the end of that cycle, put out an album with those singles plus some other songs. That way, we're constantly putting new music out into the marketplace, which is Mm Really, the way to do it now. Even Spotify has admitted that the the more music you put on their site, the more their algorithm is going to raise you up. So the bands that are just putting out albums every two, three, four years are not going to get the same response in that algorithm.
0: What is your like your favorite and your least favorite part of just playing music in general? Just everything that you do.
1: I love writing songs. That's to me, that's number one because that's the creativity. I love playing guitar. I love singing but i love those things most when they're the vehicle for songwriting but i also love performing for people there's nothing that matches being up on stage and that's a great feeling that's it, so uh just the writing and performing aspects i enjoy the other things too like recording but i really like everything about it you, you know it's it, it's all better than the business side you, know, you just wish that you could be creative and perform all the time and not have to deal with anything else mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Could you uh, name some songs, some more songs, other than the one you named before, about, like, you would show, like, new listeners who are kind of getting into your music?
1: Yeah, so I I have my favorites. You know, the, the songs that we play at every show are really, you know, there's, there's a handful of songs that ever since they were written, they've played at every show. So I mentioned the pendulum swing earlier. There's also... Con la musica la dolce Vida, what we just call it "sweet life" for short. We play that every show. We play. It's good that you're doing a written thing so you can edit this out because I can't. What's, what's oh this, no, what's this is uh, this is
0: gonna be a full call. I'm gonna put this entire a prayer
1: quote. from anywhere. Uh, no, <laughs> I can't Because I don't remember my own quote. song. That's why he's a set list because I can never remember my own songs in the moment. Uh, a prayer from anywhere is a song that's that's closed. Every show. I mean, we close every show with that one those are three that definitely do that and now going forward i've got some songs that i'm really excited about that i can't wait to show people there's a song called willow tree that i really like there's a song called french fries that we played live live a few times that's that's a good tune so and what's great is that it's kind of spread over our history there's you know one or two tracks from every album that really seem to just keep finding their way back
0: is there like looking back anything big about your music that you would have
1: changed i would say for the first the first album which was kind of an acoustic folk thing if if i realized that this was going to turn into a band i probably would have made that more of a band album where there's drums and bass and keyboards on every song instead of it being kind of a mostly acoustic thing i probably would have you know flesh it out with a lot more instruments but at the time i didn't know it was going to turn into a band i just wanted to do kind of a a little acoustic album just for fun.
0: Could you give me some backstory about yourself and why you want to do music?
1: The earliest influence I had really was my dad because he was a drummer. So there was music in the house. And when I would you know, get in the car with him, he was always, always had music on. And I never really thought about playing drums. Uh, I used to like listening to him do it. I never really thought about him being a musician. And what's weird is the way I got into it was my parents just asked me one day, one day when I was I was 11, and they said, have you ever thought about playing an instrument? And I was like, no, not really. And they were like, well, would you like to? And I kind of shrugged and went, yeah, okay, I guess. And they're like, well, guitar, drums, piano, like what sounds good to you? Uh, and I said, because they offered to pay f- for lessons. And I said, well, how about guitar? I said, because if I ever decide I want to learn drums, like dad can teach me drums. But how about guitar? Guitar sounds interesting. So I started playing guitar. And not long after I started playing guitar, I saw Jimi Hendrix, uh, a Jimi Hendrix concert. And I saw a concert by The Who. And I was like, okay, there's, there's guitar players here and they look like they're having a, a lot of fun. Like, I would never seen guitar players because I was young. I'd never seen guitar players on stage doing that, doing what those guys did. I mean, like jumping around and, you know, Jimi Hendrix is setting his guitar on fire and stuff. And I'm going like, 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 wow. So it wasn't long after I started playing that it, it, it it wasn't just like a shrug anymore. Like, I guess I'll learn guitar. It was like, this is cool. And I want to do this. And by the time I was 15, I was super into it and started writing songs and, and got my first taste of playing a concert. And it just, you know, Kind of took off for me from there.
0: Uh, besides guitar, what other instruments do you play or learning to play?
1: Yeah, so as a guitar player, I can play bass. It's it's not that much of a stretch, you know. It's a difference, you know. Guitar, I play with a pick. Bass, play with my fingers. Um, I could be a pretty good bass player if I wanted to be. If I really put in the time, and I really enjoy playing bass. I can kind of play drums a little bit, but not very well. Like I'd, I'd like to practice and get better at drums. Same thing with Keyboard, you know, piano, same thing. I can do a, a couple things, but I'd really have to practice to get better. I played a little trumpet, you know, when I was when I was in college. I was in majoring in music, and that's where I learned to play a little bit of drums and a little bit of piano and a little bit of trumpet. Uh, so I play a little bit on those things.
0: What is your goal for uh, the band and the music coming from it?
1: Now you know, I I would like to. I would like to get to the point where I'm among the upper echelon of American reggae bands. You know, when you think of bands like Soja and Revolution, Stick Figure, Dirty Heads, I would love to get to the point that I'm mentioned in the same breath as some of those bands and playing big festivals and big tours and, and things like that.
0: Do you think you will get to that point?
1: I think it's possible. You know, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of things in life, especially music, are just sticking with it long enough because the thing is just to, sp- to spread your name, to have people know who you are. Once everybody, once enough people know who you are and they're going to your shows, it's just a numbers game. You know, I know that we're good enough. I know that my songs are good enough. The band is good enough. I know that we're, you know, I'm not saying we're better than anyone, but I know that we're we can be as good as anyone. So from there, it's just a matter of getting your name out there and getting people to know you.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about your podcast?
1: Yeah. So I do a podcast called talking reggae where I turn this around and I interview people. I, I interview some, not just artists, but people who are involved in the world of reggae. I've interviewed concert promoters and, managers and journalists in the world of reggae too it's mostly artists I I record podcasts with reggae artists and I you know ask talk to them about their careers and we discuss reggae music and things like that and it's um it's become one of the more popular reggae podcasts in the world which is really cool because it's just talk I don't play any music or anything so the fact that it's just interviews uh people really enjoyed learning about their favorite artists
0: Who is like your favorite person you've talked to or the most popular person that you've talked to on your podcast?
1: So I've had some good people on there. One of them that stands out for me as far as both being a really good interview and very popular is um, Harrison from Groundation. Groundation is a fairly popular reggae band. I had him on my show, so I'll use him as a good example because he kind of meets both of those criteria. He was a great interview, great person to talk with and also a very popular band.
0: Who would you like to interview next on your podcast?
1: Oh, there's so many. My my number one goal would be David Hines from Steel Pulse. He's Steel Pulse is my all-time favorite band. I'd love to have him on there. Um I I have a actually a very long list of people I'd love to have on there. Uh Buju Banton is is one I'd love to have on there. I'd love to have um I'd love to have some of the, the, the 90s Jamaican dance hall artists like, uh, like Beanie Man on there. Uh, it really is a long list of, of people that I'd love to have. It's funny, I've had so many people on my show and there's so many more that I'd love to talk to.
0: If you were to explain your band to somebody who's never heard of you and is interested in finding out what you do, how would you... Talk about your
1: band. It's funny. I've gone through a bunch of different, like you know, the, the elevator pitch, where you know you have like five seconds to tell someone about your band, and I've gone through a lot of different slogans. And what I'm using right now is basically reggae for underdogs. Our our music is by underdogs for underdogs, and that's the way we think of it. It's it's because it's conscious. Because we're trying to uplift people. We're trying to project a message that's deeper a message to to try to help people in the world who need help, you know, anything like that. Uh, So reggae for underdogs is really what we're using right now.
0: Is there something about your band that people, like, incorrectly assume about it?
1: Yeah, I'd say that, you know, one of the things people get wrong about us, and I get it because it's conscious, I think maybe a lot of people think that we're super serious, which we're not, you know, like the, the songs may be serious, but we as people are, you know, we're fun. We like to joke around and stuff. And we have one song that's constantly misinterpreted called Angry Gun. It is it is an anti-gun violence song, which is something we should all be able to agree on. Whether Whether you like guns or hate guns, we should all agree that gun violence is wrong, right? And that's really all it is. It's an anti-gun violence song. And it also kind of pokes fun... Pokes a little fun at both sides of the, the the gun argument that we have here in America, but a lot of times people hear the song and they think it's a straight anti-gun song. And so I've had I've run into a couple problems with people sometime who think I'm trying to take their guns away from them, or or who get offended by the song. And it's like you know, hold on, listen to what I'm saying. Don't just take a, a, a little snippet of the song. And think that it's about something it's not. But I'm also not the first songwriter who's been misinterpreted. There's been millions of songs that have been misinterpreted.
0: Is there something very, uh, a point that you stand by very clear about your band that you want known?
1: Yeah. We're not a political band. People use the word political. And, and there's some people who use the word political as kind of a blanket thing Anytime you're talking about music that's not love songs or party songs. I make the distinction to say we're not political because we're not saying, oh, we support this party or that party. We don't really support any politicians. We don't like any of them. What what we try to say is this is music for the promotion of human rights. Things we should all be able to agree on. We should all be able to agree on things like social equality, things like making sure everyone is fed, making, making sure no one's starving, you know. Ending war, ending poverty, things like that. That's what we're focused on. And that's more than anything is what I want people to understand about what we represent. Human rights.
0: Do you have like a target audience? Obviously, because you said it's like buy underdogs for our underdogs. But like other than that, is there a certain kind of person that you think your music is targeted
1: towards? I think anyone who enjoys reggae music can get behind the grooves and the rhythms and anyone who enjoys conscious lyrics.
0: Could you think of any of your like your favorite lyrics that you've written?
1: Yeah, there's there's a few. Uh there's a song called Um Morning in America. You know, there's there's one line that I say uh equality feels like oppression to oppressors uh that I, I, I really enjoy. I like that word play and I like what that stands for. So I'll go with that.
0: What, what are like some of the meanings behind some of the songs that you've done? If you can name some songs and like the meanings behind them, maybe some that seem kind of complicated.
1: Some of them are kind of more general songs and then some of them are very specific. When I do a song like Sunshine Music, that's kind of a weird song that people don't understand what that's about, but it's, that one's super specific and it's basically, um, and it sounds kind of goofy, but it's. There are sounds associated with great things in the world. Laughter, right? You hear laughter and it's like that that makes you feel good. And then there's sounds that aren't good sounds. Sound, You know, a car crash. No one wants to hear the sound of a car crash, you know. And that's what that song is about, is kind of taking the sounds that horrify us and wishing that we could find ways to, make that stop that we don't have to hear those sounds anymore we don't have to hear the sounds of violence anymore uh so that's that's a really kind of (laughs) specific specific weird song
0: would you say that reggae music is more associated with conscious music or vice versa
1: yeah absolutely i mean the whole the origin of reggae music in jamaica reggae music is and 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 it it can be a lot of things. There's reggae love songs. There's reggae songs about having a good time. But reggae music was born out of resistance. It was born out of spirituality. So reggae music means something. The origins of this mean something. It's not It's not just feel good, have a good time music. And so reggae has a weight to it. It has a, a gravity to it that not every musical movement has.
0: Who are some of your biggest inspirations?
1: So I mentioned Steel Pulse. They would be that. Um, Obviously, Bob Marley. Bob Marley, to me, is the greatest songwriter of all time uh, and certainly should be mentioned in the same breath as Bob Dylan, John Lennon, or anyone else as far as great songwriters. Uh, Those two, for sure. There's other ones, Peter Tosh, who... Uh, like Steel Pulse, like Bob Marley, very conscious writers. So it's 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 not it's no coincidence that my biggest influences are also widely known as conscious songwriters. Do
0: you have an idea of when new music is going to be coming out?
1: Hopefully in the new year. We're we're putting some things together now, and we're trying to launch some new stuff in the new year to really come out swinging. We're launching some marketing campaigns and that's where we're going to start releasing one single per month. and It's not official yet, but I think we're going to start by releasing French fries first.
0: Where are some places that people can find you?
1: We we have a website, streetleveluprising.com, but whatever your favorite streaming service is, you'll find us there. If you like Spotify, if you like Apple Music, if you prefer to go to YouTube, we're on there. And if you go to our YouTube channel, you can also find... Not only our songs, our music videos, but also the video versions of the Talk and Reggae podcast are on the Street Level Uprising YouTube channel also. This is
0: this has been a great interview, you've given me a lot of information. However, I am required to ask for secondary sources when it comes to the music. Ooh, okay. Secondary sources that can kind of like tell me about the music.
1: Well you could you could definitely talk to our bass player, Bill Bill Walker. You could talk to him for sure. He'd be able to uh, corroborate a lot of what I've said. Uh, you could talk to him. You could talk to uh, our, can you say the bongo bastard? Am I, are you allowed to put that in the article or should we just call I, him bongo?
0: I, 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 I'll talk to my teacher <laughs> about
1: it.
0: And if not, we can If not, you could just go
1: with bongo and you could, you could talk to bongo, our, our hand percussionist. because I'm sure he'd love to have some things to say about it too. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. This has been a lovely interview.
1: Uh, you are a lovely interviewer. I'm, I'm very impressed with your interview skills.
0: Is there anything else you want to add just about the band? I may come and talk to you later to like talk about what the secondary sources have said
1: about uh, okay. the band. No, I, I think you've done a good job of asking questions to show what we represent. And the thing I want people to understand is that this is who we are, and we stand for what we stand for, always.
0: Would you say you have like a motto of some sort?
1: Reggae for underdogs. Okay. Yeah. Say goodbye until the next time.